podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a Voices of Vic podcast with me, Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. Uh, the transfer window has closed as of 11 o'clock last night. Um, so no more incomings or outgoings at WD18. Uh, Watford have been busy in this transfer window. They've brought in lots of players and there's been a few outgoings. They've all pretty much been loans. Um, one with, with an option to buy. Uh, but me and Mike are here to just discuss the close of the transfer window. Plus, we've also got a special guest lined up later on who will be joining us. It is Matt from Elm Park Royals, um, a Reading podcast account. So it'll be good to get him on and preview the upcoming game. Uh, me and Mike want to do more of this this season. Uh, we did it at the very start of the season with the guy from Sheffield United, which was really good. Um, we've just not had time to do it. So if we have time during the week, we will record these for you. So watch this space. Um, but yeah, Mike, firstly, congratulations. You've passed your driving test at the first attempt. Um, how, how are you feeling? You must be buzzing. Thank you, mate. Yeah, mate, honestly, I, I, I can't believe it. I uh, I paid for one of them crash courses, as they're quite funnily called, because that's the last thing you want to be doing in them. Um, <laughs> so I was a little bit worried that, you know, I'd pay all that money and um, and so, like nothing good would come from it. But I was driving for six days, five hours a day. And uh, yeah, Thursday, I did my test. I was very nervous and passed and I've um, insured on my mum's car now, so I've been able to get out on the road. I didn't want to leave it too long. Um, I'm driving down to Birmingham tomorrow to take my football team's training, uh, and then I'm driving down on Saturday because it's um, the rearranged game, the big semi-final for my boys on Saturday. So uh, I'll have everything crossed for that as well. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm buzzing. Things are, things are looking up at the moment. Thank you very much. Um How's things with yourself, Ben? All good? Yeah, yeah, all good. Um, yeah, can't complain. Work's busy. Um, personal life's busy as well. Um, so, yeah, no complaints for me. Um, yeah, transfer window's closed now, isn't it? I think there was many Watford fans glued to their phones yesterday, had the night vacations on for Andrew French and Adam Leventhal, seeing if there would be um, much news broken through the day with transfer news regarding Watford. How would you sum up the actual the, the deadline day, Mike, um, for Watford? Were you slightly disappointed it was just one player that came in through the door? Obviously, we, we heard about Wesley Hoot um, during the weekend um, and the later periods of last week, knowing that he was going to sign. But I think there, there was teases from a couple of sources saying that there's potentially maybe one, two, or maybe three players coming through. Were you slightly Disappointed to just see the one player come through. Um, a little bit because you know that there's always hype around transfer deadline day, and you always associate it with it the mad rush and people sort of bringing various people in on on the last day, uh, and especially when you look at some of the business that our rivals, our promotion rivals, have done as well. You know, just to name a few, Chalaber going to West Brom. Mark Albrighton going to West Brom as well. I think that's a terrific signing for them. Um, but on the whole, I think we've had a good January transfer window. Yeah, yeah. I've seen people rating it on Twitter today. Uh, obviously, WD18 put out a, a tweet earlier um, asking for people to rate it out of 10. Um, and lots of people were positive about it. Um, what I'll say is with that, the, the January transfer window, it's it, it was good that we've... we've made good additions to this squad. But isn't it such a shame that we've done it in January and not at the start of the season? <laughs> yeah, there, there is that. And you are playing catch-up a little bit when you do it that way. But um, the, the 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 important thing is we've, we've addressed it. And yes, there's a few areas where we should have brought players in. Um, and I would have liked to have seen another midfielder and another winger come through. But, you know, we have got players coming back and when those players come back, we're going to have one hell of a squad. Mm. I think this is what what the fans need to maybe think about a little bit as well. You can't just keep throwing money at the 
situation thinking, right, we'll just spend money and bring in another midfielder. When you've got the likes of Imran Loser, Tom Cleverley all coming back in a week or so because they've, they're all back out on the training ground now. So Gino Possos, Ben Manga are probably all thinking, hmm, I don't want to use that cash when we've got players who are going to come back in in a week's time. Um, why spend the transfer fee on a player? Why why spend the money on a loan fee, pay the wages? So I can see why they were maybe a bit hesitant about bringing in someone. But it looked like, Mike, that Watford did attempt to bring in a central midfielder and it surprised a few people. Andrew French mentioned it today on the WhatsApp Observer. Um, I see you chuckling a little bit there, Mike. Uh, it's Musa Sissoko, who who played for Watford last year, and we, we sold him to Nantes at the end of the season. But <laughs> that wouldn't have been the right signing for Watford, would it? Um, someone like Musa Sissoko, after such a terrible season at Watford last year, um, Watford's probably worst season in our history last year, you, you kind of don't want to bring those players back, do you? You want to build for the future. No, of course you don't. You don't want really someone associated with such a, a bad season. Uh, and you know, it's crazy to think that we went, we tried to go back in for him. It, it really, really is. Um, but you know, I don't want to sit here and get slated. But you know, at the same time. Would he have been coming in to, to play regularly? Would he have been a good mm. option to have squad depth? Probably. But he wouldn't have been playing week in, week out, especially with loser coming back. You know, Chowdhury's back now. Um, you know, obviously it's better than Bakuna. But yeah, it's a bit crazy and it, it reeks a bit of desperation as well. The fact that sort of says to me that there was a stage yesterday where we where like everyone was sat at the table and a lot shit. We should probably, um, <laughs> we should probably look at getting someone in. And then it just happened to be Moose's name that popped up straight away. Um, but yeah, I, I, it wouldn't have been an inspiring transfer. And I'm sort of glad that they didn't go through with it in the end because it, it, it would have just been getting someone in for the sake of it. They obviously feel that the people that we've got within the squad and the people that we've got coming back are going to be able to do a, a, a good enough job. Yeah, exactly. Um, our mates just popped up saying, well, you might as well bring back Kapu, uh, um, which made me um, chuckle. If only we could bring back someone of his calibre. Um, but looking at the transfer window overall, Mike, and the players we brought in, Ismail Kone, um, Joe Ferreira, Wesley Hoop, um, Ryan Porteous, Britis Ambalonga, uh, Mateus Martins, Henrik Arohu, um, who stands out there as maybe the best signing of them all? Uh, well, we we yet to see any of them really for a, a long period of time. Uh, you know, there's quite a few that we we've not even seen play yet. The one that excites me the most is obviously Arejo. You know, he's been tipped to be the next number nine for Portugal. Um, you know, some Benfica fans were even saying that they wouldn't have minded if he stayed and pushed to be their main striker. Mm. Um, and I'm really looking forward to Porteous as well. We need someone that's no nonsense, a bit of a shit house on the pitch as well, which it sounds like he is. He'll be brilliant for those games. How many times have we been on this podcast and said we got bullied? Look at the two games against Millwall. They weren't better than us footballing wise, they bullied us. Uh, look at the game away at Swansea. They bullied us. So, you know, you need players like your Porteous that are going to come in and not take any shit and just put their head where it matters and just get stuck in. That's what we've been screaming out for, you know, for a long, long time. So those are the two that stick out in my mind um, as to the ones that I'm most excited to see. Yeah, I, I'm really liking the the look of Ryan Porteous as well. Um, obviously, we was linked with him for a, a long time as well. I think the whole of the transfer window with him being um, out of contract at the end of the season. Um, with he's done an interview with um, Andrew French yesterday, which was released today on the Watford Observer, and he went into depth about his why he wanted to, to join Watford, and he said Slavin Bilic was a big factor of that, and he wanted to come to a club like Watford. 
Um, that's a big club, but you've also got a good coach there in Slaven Bilic, and he was a really good centre half back in the day. Um, so he wanted to come to Watford and learn under Slaven Bilic. So it's good to see that the pool of the managers actually helped get the player over the line as well. Um, but he's also referred to his shithousery as his um, pitch personality, which I really liked him um, describe it like that. But yeah, like you say, we, we need that, that hard bastard at the back who's going to give it some to the opposition. Mm. We've not had that for a long time. Um, Anthony's popped up again saying, maybe the new Britos, fingers crossed, who ain't scared of a tackle. I don't think he is going to be scared of a tackle, but it's not just his aggression that he's going to bring to a football club. It's the ability that he's got on the ball, the vision and the eye for a pass as well. And I think we've lacked that. And also, we've got to remember he's left-footed. We only currently only have one other left-footed defender at the club, and that's Courtney Hawes, um, which we all know is a prisoner at the football club, which he's described it himself, and he won't be playing another game for Watford due to his injury. Um, so I'm really excited by that. Um, with the outgoings, Mike, um, we saw Bio go out on loan yesterday. Um, William Trucy Con's gone on loan with an option to buy. Domingos Quinner was re- recalled from his um, loan spell at Elche in La Liga and has joined up with Rotherham United. Uh, Hungbo's gone to Huddersfield and actually played for them at the weekend against um, Coventry City in their 2-0 defeat. And then Matty Pollock's gone north of the border to Aberdeen. Um, good to be sending these players out on loan, Mike. Good experience for the young guys, isn't it? Yeah, I do fear a little bit for uh, the likes of Matty Pollock, Joe Hungbo. Um, you know, does that spell the end of the road for them? Possibly. Hungbo not lived up to expectations since coming back from Ross County. Um, you know, this will be good for him, though, having a loan spell like that. Matty Pollock, again, he will benefit from it. But can I really see him playing first-team regular football for Watford anytime soon? Unfortunately, no. Um, so, yeah... I, I mean, it's it's good. It gets them off the books and it gets them playing. But I, I think it sort of spells the end a little bit. Bio, I mean, what a mess of a transfer that was. Although, I do have to stick up for him a little bit. I Obviously, yeah. he's been slated a lot since he, he, it's been announced that he's gone back. And I saw someone the other day say, you know, let's not forget that he's actually won us quite a few points. Well, I say quite a few. I think he's won us seven points. And then someone replied, the most ludicrous reply ever, like, um, like for Norwich, example, he was like, don't forget he won us a game against Norwich. He was like, he didn't win us a game. He says, all the players on the pitch won us a game. And I thought, hang on a minute, mate. Yes, you've got a, you know, you, you've got a point there. But I'm thinking he he was the one that was there and he was the one that tapped it into the empty net. So technically speaking, he did win us the game there. So... He's got a lot of stick, which you can understand why, but um, it's it was a weird transfer. And it shows that the Pozzos are, are ready and hopefully these these sort of signings make an impact come, you know, the rest of the season. I, I'm looking forward to seeing Britta Sambalanga as well come back. He, he'll be a bit part, bit part player, obviously. But if you look at his record, his record's not to be sniffed at. A, a lot of people have turned their nose up at the signing. But his record in the Championship is decent. So he's he's definitely good to have an option coming off the bench. So I'm uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to what the future holds. Well, certainly the rest of this season anyway. Yeah, he's had a, a really good record, hasn't he, in the Championship. Um, he scored 30 goals in 69 games for Nottingham Forest. Um, he scored 47 goals for Middlesbrough. Um, he ended up going over to Turkey and scored 18 goals in 54 games. He's quite prolific, isn't he? He's, he's someone who knows the back of the net. And I, I know it kind of fizzled out a little bit at Middlesbrough t- towards the end of his career because he was coming towards the end of his contract and he didn't want to sign a new deal, which upset a lot of Middlesbrough fans because they they spent a lot of money on him. I think he was like a record signing for Middlesbrough. I know he was definitely a record signing for Nottingham Forest when he joined them from Peterborough. Um, but I'm excited to see him um, jumping back into the Watford um, side and it, it's good to see him come back with a smile on his face as well and I liked that he said that 
he, he left as a boy and he's came back as a man. Um, he's definitely bulked up since um, his debut at home to, was it Coventry City back in the old uh, championships? So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what yeah. he can do for Watford. Um, but Gary, um, Gary Iron brings up a good point here as well. He said, do you guys reckon Bilic is happy with this window, especially with what he's um, said? Bilic is, he's been very honest, hasn't he? Uh, maybe a bit too honest at times, I think, in his press conference. And he's listed off what he wanted. He wanted a striker, a midfielder and a winger. Uh, we've got him a striker. We failed on the winger and the midfielder. Do you think this is uh, is going to show... Well, Friday's press conference is going to be very interesting with Slavin Bilic. But do you, do you sense that he's, he's slightly unhappy with the transfer window? Uh, yeah, of course. And Andrew French has come out and said he'll be asking the questions, as he always does. Fantastic at what he does as well. Um, and I, I think there will be a little bit of frustration. I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what his answer will be regarding the winger and the midfielder situation. Um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, Bilic isn't one that holds back. He, he doesn't mince his words. So it's going to be interesting to see what he has to say on that. And um, yeah, I you know, there's been various times this, this season where we've not played well and he's said it how it is. You know, his post-match um, sort of interview from the Middlesbrough game was hard-hitting truths and it was straight talking. And some people don't like it, but I certainly do. Like, you need people like that in and around your team that are going to tell you how it is. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the quotes coming out from Andrew on uh, on Friday, definitely. I was also thinking as well, I know he, he listed three positions that he actually wanted um, during this transfer window, but I think he's probably been back for most as a manager than any other manager at Watford under the Pozos. Um, I, I think they've, they've been filling gaps. They've been freshening things up, haven't they? Especially in that defensive line, which we knew we've needed to improve for a long time. It's been underinvested. We've spoken about it numerous times. But I feel like he's been back the most out of all the other managers under the Pozos. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I, I think if you look back, obviously, you look at the amount of players that have come in, then it would have to you'd have to look at the Gianfranco Zola era. You know, he the amount of loanees that we brought in from Udinese and from Granada, you know. That that was loads, but you know, I think we just flooded the team with them. So they weren't necessarily not every single one of them was effective. But yeah, I'd go as far as saying he's been the manager that's been back the most. You could argue maybe Javi Gracier as well. You know, we brought in uh Fozzy that season, I think. Um, I think we brought in Andre Gray that season. Um, or no, we brought in Andre Gray the season before, but that sort of FA Cup final season, we we brought in some good players possibly the season before as well. But I think in terms of, you know, the Pozzos looking like them thinking, right, let's give it a bloody good go. And um, I, I think this is probably the most a uh, manager's been backed, yeah. Um, Scott Michael comes up and says, what manager is ever happy with the transfer business at Watford? Um, that's true. Um, there's lots of moaning from the managers. Um, James from Watford Way says, Ben's trying to grow out a beard by the looks of it. Um, I have misplaced my razor, huh. James. That's why I'm looking like a tramp at the moment. So apologies. People who are listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, you lucky sods, you don't have to watch, witness this. Uh, Caroline says, do you reckon Everton making a last-minute bid for Saar was a half-hearted effort to get him at reduced fee? What do you reckon, Mike? Well, Apparently, they were willing to pay up to thirty million for him, from mm. what Adam Levinsoll's tweet said. So, if that's the case, you know, thirty million, I'd take thirty million for him. Uh, I don't, however, agree with what one man said on Twitter. Uh, I can't remember who it is, and I'm being genuine. Like, I genuinely can't. I, I would say who it was if if I could remember. But he alluded to the fact that West Brom. Getting in Mark Albrighton was better business than Watford keeping Saar. So uh, make of that what you will. But um, yeah, I, I think it got to a stage for Everton yesterday. They've not brought anyone in. Absolute mess of a club. That It was just desperation and sort of panic stations. They thought, let's try and get anyone we can. So that's why I don't think it was entertained. And that's why there wasn't a follow-up bid either. 
Yeah, Joe Thomas says, I don't think it was reduced, would have had been up to 36 million, including the add-ons. I'm very shocked we didn't take it. Um, my my take on it is, I think it was, it came in so late into a window. If it happened maybe a week before, I think Watford would have considered it more. I think because it happened with a couple of hours left, I don't think maybe Watford would have had an option or to bring in a replacement up to SARS quality to bring into the club. So, that's why I think maybe Watford did reject it. But look, he's still got 18 months left on his contract. I I see him going at the end of the season, but it will be at a reduced price. It's not going to be anywhere near the figures that we're seeing now. I think we'll be lucky if we get 15 mil. I think 15 mil might be a decent price for him at the end of the season, Mike. Do you reckon? Yeah, I, I, I think the, the days of... Reaching a high figure for Ishmael Asara gone. You know, we bought him in for a, a, a good fee. But, yeah, I, I think we'll have to sort of take our losses with him. And if we can get 15 million, then take it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Actually, one more thing quickly. Um, Caroline says, out of um, the new signings, who are you most looking forward to seeing, Mike? I know we said about who we think maybe the best bit of business um, for Watford in the transfer window. But who are you most looking forward to seeing putting on that yellow shirt um, for the rest of the season? Uh, Shambalanga. I I think he'll hit the ground running. Like I said earlier, I don't think he'll play week in, week out. He certainly won't be starting. But if he can make an impact off the bench, he'll give give Village a bit of a headache as to how to sort of choose his team going forward. So I'm looking forward to uh, to Brick coming back and putting on that yellow shirt again. Yeah, it'll be a special moment to see him putting on that yellow shirt again. Um, I- I'm looking forward to seeing Ryan Porteous. Um, mm. I-, I like a hard man. I, I-, I like the the guys that are just he's going to just kick shits out of people. Uh, I know where you're going with this, Mike. I probably should have worded it better than what I actually did. <laughs> after you're, you're laughing. Um, <laughs> Um, I'm going to have loads of people giving me stick on uh, Twitter now just like remember last time when I was trying to get the pronunciation right for um, Henrik Araujo and it sounded like someone messaged on Twitter saying I don't know why you've called him arsehole and I was like we was a bit bit, bit like we haven't called anyone an arsehole what's he on about it's Chris Bone from Lincoln isn't it Uh, who tweeted it and then it wasn't until we was listening back to the podcast um and it was literally the last 30 seconds of a pod. And it's it did sound like I called him an arsehole. But I was, I, I'm was i not very good with pronunciation. So I, I fucked up. And here we go. Gary Irons jumped in straight away. Ben like hard men. Cheers. Yeah. Uh, maybe <laughs> we'll get a chant going or something. Um, but yeah, let, let's just end it there. Um, because we do have a guest waiting. Um, if you missed it at the start of the, the podcast, uh, it's a little bit different this time. At the start of the season, I don't know if you all remembered, we had a Sheffield United fan on to do a preview of the upcoming game. It was the first game back at Vicarage Road in the Championship. With Me and Mike want to start doing this more often, and we reached out to Matt from the Elm Park Royals, and he is in the waiting room now and is about to join us and um, he's going to help us do a preview of the Reading game on Saturday he's probably listening into this saying what on earth am I getting myself into but welcome to the Voices of Vic Matt good evening everyone hello how are you guys doing yeah not too bad thank you Matt how are you doing not too bad not too bad I'm thinking about touching up on my pronunciation of players I have to say because we've signed a player who I have no idea how to pronounce the name of so this is going to be interesting Perfect. Well, we're going to throw you under a bus straight away then. How's your transfer window been? Brought in any players? <laughs> um, well, it, it was pretty much kind of as, well, I think we got one one more in than expected because, I mean, Reading, it's been well known that we've been under an embargo for obviously since seemingly the dawn of time. Um, and we were in a position where we needed to get players out to get players in. Um, one of our players, it was a youngster, who counts towards our 25-man quota, got injured. So he was taken out the squad and it let us um, sign Cassia Cassadri, I think. I think that's his name from Chelsea. Um, he's apparently a very good player. I've no idea what he's like, to be honest, because I've never seen him play. And I don't think really many Reading, Reading fans have. Um, there's been a lot of hype around him from, I think, Chelsea players, Reading fans, because he's one of these so-called wonder kids. Um, I think the proof's going to be in the pudding when he starts playing because he's never played, obviously, 
um, first team football. This is his first taste of it. So coming to a, to a championship team under Paul Lintz, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, there's been excitement about him, um, like I say, from, from Reading fans and Chelsea fans, but um, it's a bit, bit of an unknown, really. So um, fingers crossed he can help because we do need help in that midfield. Have you lost any players during the window as well? No, we only um, we only got two out on loan, two youngsters, um, uh, our goalkeeper um, and oh, Jockel Anderson. I think is I think it's Anderson. It's not Andreasen. I think it's Anderson um, who went to Stevenage on loan and um, Jamari Clark, who's gone out on loan to Forest Green as well. So um, yeah, is is it was always going to be a quiet window because with the way that the embargo works with us. To be fair, even if we get a player out, we can't spend any money to get a player in. So it would have to be a free transfer or a loan. I think they were looking at some free transfers or other loan deals on deadline day. But again, because we'd already brought one player in to replace the youngster that got got injured, um, that that kind of took up that quota. So I think we were looking at potentials of I think Lucas Zhao was rumoured to be to be leaving, um, but nothing nothing materialised. It was a pretty pretty quiet deadline day really so talking of reading in general um obviously me and you spoke on your podcast for the reverse fixture um in the league how's your you know you were you were up there sort of with us and you know you were saying how it's it was been... a top six clash then <laughs> exactly so, you know we, it, it was a lot different back then Slipped a little bit, but how would you sum your season up as a whole so far? Like, what's what's the expectation? Is this what you expected? Could you be doing yeah. better? Or would you expecting to be doing worse? What what's the general feel around the day scare? To to be to be brutally honest, I think you know most Reading fans, along with most fans around the league in the country, kind of had had us nailed on for relegation this year. You know, we started off with a squad of six players. Um, you know, transfer embargo, not being able to sign anyone for for money it's a it's a team built up of free transfers and loan players you know the offcuts of other other teams um i think the players they've been able to get in in the circumstances has been you know they're, they're not amazing players but for the circumstances i think they've done very well um to 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 to, to get the players that they have in um performance wise Again, I think we're all just praying 21st place just gets us to that points tally, you know, magical 50 points, 45 points, 46 points, whatever you think that line is now, um, you know, just get us to that line and survive. Um, And, you know, so far, 37 points in 28 games. Most Reading fans are looking at it and kind of thinking four more wins and that's safety pretty much, which... For me, that's still that's still the goal because we know in this league how quickly things can turn around. You know, you look look back a few seasons at Hull. Um, you know, yes, they lost in their situation. They lost Jared Bowen and Gazicki in January, but they lost those two players. They were battling for playoffs and then ended up relegated at the end of the season because I think they picked up something hideous like six or eight points from 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 the January transfer window to the end of the season. So it can happen, you know, um, and I think. We're on a bit of a bumpy run at the moment where it's just dropping a bit. Whether, I mean, some people say it's tiredness, but I mean, they've been playing one one game a week. So I, I don't think that one can quite can quite buy with, with myself anyway. Um, but they just need to get a couple more wins to just confirm safety. Some fans already thinking you should be looking at the playoffs. You know, we're not going to get relegated, but points on the board that's all that matters get get the points to to secure safety and then once you're there you can relook and see where you are at that point if playoffs are still on they're still on but just get me safety that's all I want I just want a quiet season for once at Reading FC uh, you mentioned about your form there it's one win and you lost five championship games which the last win was a 2-1 victory over Swansea City uh, obviously you beat us in the FA Cup um, but I, I, looking at Reading this season, fantastic start, great at home. It's that away form, isn't it? Um, and, and when and when it when you go away from home, it's it's so Jekyll and Hyde. Sometimes you you would either put in a good defensive performance, or you just let in the silliest goals and just concede three, four, five goals, isn't it? Is, is that what where the downfall is this season for Reading? It's that away form. 
you've summed it up perfectly. I couldn't have done it better myself. You know, it's we we, we seemingly have a tendency of certain games. You know, you look back at the start of the season, Rotherham. Um, you know, the Joe Lumley just seemingly had a mental breakdown that that game, and <laughs> you know, and just conceded four just atrocious goals. Sheffield United you can maybe give a slight pass to because it's Sheffield United. Them and Burnley look look as good as anyone this season. Stoke City last time out as well. It was just, you know, Stoke City aren't the best at home on, on their best of days. And yet, you know, they completely turned us over, you know, and they didn't even really have to do that much to do that either. Um, you know, we seemingly have a tendency of giving away the easiest three, four nils teams will get, you know, when we go away from home. But then saying that, we went to Burnley earlier in the season should have at least got a draw if not if not a win we had a penalty decision which you know was ludicrous that it wasn't given and then they got the other end and score you know so if that penalty wasn't given or was given at least it's a draw probably you'd say possibly a win um so it's but we just can't seemingly get consistency away from home you know i think three wins i think we've had away from home which is and 23rd in the away table it's just yeah it's like you say the difference between home and away is 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 crazy really and it's it's weird because the football will play at home is what you'd probably say teams would play away from home you know you guys will have all the ball probably at the weekend we'll sit in we'll time waste if we get the lead you know but that's just because of really the squad that we've got we've not got a squad to out outplay teams you know we we, we, we can't we're not going to play you off the park we're not going to pass rings around you it's probably music to to all Watford fans ears but um but 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 you know the team's got to outwork the other team and just do it through graft really um which they've maybe they've benefited from from the home atmosphere you know which has been really good all season um at the SEL um but yeah if if they can start picking up some some more results away from home you know we could have been closer to the top really than than we are you, you, you're talking now about the squads. Obviously, you, you've brought a lot of players in on a free and you're sort of working on a bit of a shoestring by the sounds of it, or Paul Ince's, I should say. Um, who's been your player of the season so far? Has there been one person that stood out and thought, right, we're lucky to have him in this squad. He's a real grafter. Yeah, there's there's one. I mean, I think the player of the season is already wrapped up, to be honest. It's Tom Ince. He's been... He's been absolutely sensational. I think when 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 we last spoke, I remember mentioning it then. When when Tom Ince plays well, Reading play well, he just doesn't seem to stop running, you know. Um, and it's it's weird because when we signed him this time last season, in fact, um, at the end of the January transfer window, every Reading fan was looking and thinking that's probably the last player we want in this situation because of his last two spells at Stoke and Huddersfield. Went poorly. Um, you know, all the fans were slating him. He wasn't interested. You know, he didn't have the drive, the desire. And you kind of looked at him and you thought, oh, that's just not what we need in this situation. But it's been the complete, complete opposite. Now, some might say, you know, he's playing for his dad or whatever. But to be honest, I don't really think many Reading fans are going to care because as long as he's playing well, Reading um, will, will play well. You know, it's he's still got, He's still got a bit of pace. Of admittedly, not he's not going to you know run him or beat a Schmelasar in a race or you know anyone like that. But um, but he's still got a bit of pace, a bit of trickery. He's got got some good end product as well. He scored some belter, belters of of goals for us as well. So so yeah, if, if if there's one player to obviously keep an eye on or kind of um, if uh, Ikanovic is is listening, uh, not Ikanovic, Bilic. Oh, that's a blast from the past. That's going way back. Sorry. <laughs> if Billich is listening, which I'm sure he is. Um, you know. you worried me, Ben. I thought you I thought you had a little scoop yeah. there where maybe we've sat Billich and reappointed Yukanovic because we've done yeah. that probably before. <laughs> that's that that's my eight thirty brain just switching off and uh yeah, going going back to years gone by. <laughs> but yeah, no, if 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 you mark if you mark Ince out the game, it's you know, Reading tend to struggle because he's really the only player in in the team with creativity and that's why the midfield struggled so much because there's not really much creativity in the midfield in drops deep he carries the ball forward he'll try and spread a pass when the opportunity arises but that's not really his game you know most most of the time he'll just try and bring it forward and um try and do something but really he's the only link between the defense and um and and the attack the other players we've got aren't 
overly creative. That's kind of been the the root of our problems of late. Yeah, it's your top goal scorer of a season with six goals. He, he t- does tend to kind of it feels like being a Watford fan. He always ups his game whenever he plays against us, and he always puts in a good shift. Um, I hope it's not the case this Saturday. Well, obviously, <laughs> you do hope it is the case. Um, you always come across those players that always do play well against your side. And for us, it's Tom Mintz does normally do that against Watford. Um, James from the Watford Way um, has popped up saying, thoughts on the Reading performance away to Manchester United last week? Stupid red card for Andy Carroll, who misses the game this weekend. What was that performance like at the weekend? Um how did you do? Obviously, we we know you, you lost and crashed out of the cut, but performance-wise, mm. happy with it? Um, I think, to be honest, um, I mean, I was I was up there for the game, and I mean, when when we parked up, looked at the United United squad, and, I, and you, you see it pretty much all, but the back two a full strength United squad, and you know, it's it's going to be a tough afternoon. You know, at that point, I was I was messaging a couple of friends, and um, they were saying that you know this could be an absolute massacre, you know, against against a the team that we've got this season so I think the performance wasn't wasn't that bad I don't think like United dominated the game you'd expect that you're at Old Trafford you know we're just going to sit in and try and get a goal on the counter you know we possibly could have had a goal um at nil nil before the half maybe a bit lucky obviously in the first half anyway that we had one ruled out for for offside but um but I mean I guess when you get a big team like that all you just want is a is a good performance and I mean, to be honest, when I went up there, I didn't really, I wasn't going up thinking that Reading were going to win. I just wanted to see a good, good game of football and see some world-class players, which thankfully I saw, you know, a full-strength United squad and, um, you know, was able to to, to watch them, some sensational players. I mean, Casemiro is just, seeing him live is just an, another world, how quickly players like him read the game. Um, but Andy Carroll, I mean, what he was thinking, I don't know, because, you know, he could have really had three yellow cards. I think, you know, the tackle on Ericsson, which, you know, has subsequently left him out injured, I think, for most of the rest of the season. That could have been a yellow card, you know, the one that he got got then in the corner and then just sliding in the way he did on Casemiro to get the second yellow. I remember just looking at it and just thinking, oh, of all, of, of all the players, you'd expect to do that. I mean, you talk of experience in that and, I mean, it was just red mist, really, from Andy Carroll. But yeah, you know, it, it it leaves us without him for for the game against you. He's kind of been been integral to the team, you know, since he signed permanently back in September. But you know, they're gonna have to gonna have to try and find another way, whether it's Lucas Zhao and Shane Long, or Zhao and Mate up top. We'll have to see. But um, but yeah, it was um it was a big blow to lose lose uh, lose Andy Carroll, but. Shane Long's definitely one of those players that Ben mentioned a minute ago. Um, you know, always ups his game against Watford. I'm pretty sure he holds a record currently for the quickest Premier League goal. Uh, and that's for Southampton against Watford. So, um, and obviously he, um, he he played so well in that game in the FA Cup. You could argue, obviously, that we had a bunch of kids out, but still he, he did very well. Um, I know you mentioned earlier about, you know, the, the team you've got to work with and what is classed as a good season for Reading. Is is the aim for the season now to stay up or is it to maybe push in that sort of mid-table? I mean, the way that the league is at the moment, you only need two or three wins in a row and you're up there. You like, up. If we lose at the mm. weekends and other teams below us win, we, we, we slip down to 10th and, and we're fifth at the moment. So it changes that quickly. Does that Maybe give you Reading fans a little bit of hope that, oh, let's nick a, a couple of wins here and there and you never know. Or is it just get to that safety point mark you're on about and then we're all right? I think it'll probably, it'll differ with the different fans that you speak to. I think, you know, some fans are going to be more optimistic and kind of, you know, see an 11 point cushion to the relegation zone and will think, you know, job done. That's it for the season. Let's look up, you know, which is, I guess is only natural. Um, you know, and I, I guess we've proven at times this season, you know, we can take it to the better teams in the league and do well. Um, you know, you look at the Burnley game, the Blackburn game at home as well earlier in the season when we beat them 3-0. You know, that there, there, there is potential to to bring out good performances. But I mean, I'm possibly one of the more cynical Reading fans. And, you know, I, I, I just want to get to 
50 points and then what once you're at 50 points be that in march be that in april whenever that is then you can relook at where you sit in the table um you know i i, I just yeah i i just want 50 points <laughs> that's like i just i i i was so scared at the start, start of the season i won't lie that you know that this will be the season where we finally go down you know we, we we've we've danced with relegation seemingly for the past seven, eight years, barring the Appstam season and one season under Valko Paunovic. It's been relegation battles season after season after season, um, you know, and club mismanagement, you know, we, we had no, you know, backroom staff really until this season, no director of football, no head of recruitment. Mr. Keir Yurabachan was doing all this, pulling all the strings on that front. And, you know, you see, what he's done at Everton, QPR, where he goes, you know, turmoil follows. And it was the same with Reading. You know, I just wanted wanted safety. And that's that's still my aim. You know, like if if we if we win four games on the bounce and you know we're 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 effectively safe by by the end of February, start of March, you know, then 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 reassess it at that point. But you know, just focus on the points you've you've got on the board at the moment and you know, don't take anything for granted. And yeah, I just 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 get me safe that's all i want it's not much to ask <laughs> um before before we wrap it up we're, we're going to do score predictions and then we'll do we'll end on a little game that me and mike just came up with very quickly before we came on air um so what's your score predictions for this saturday's game um we've never normally liked to draw this season i think we've only got like three draws i think it is this season which i think only blackburn of of less um it's a difficult one against Watford because I think, as you probably mentioned, you're probably quite up and down yourselves in form and with how you guys play and injuries are probably still a massive problem for you as well, which, you know, so you don't really know what, what you're going to get. I'd I'd like to, as I'm sure any Reading fan would, would like a win at home. You never don't want a win at home, but I'd probably say 1-1. If you, I'd probably say if we got a draw, I'd I'd be relatively content with that, as long as it's not a last minute equaliser for you guys. Uh, Mike what about you for this weekend Um, heading to Reading score prediction well we've actually got the seventh best away form in the division which is crazy to think because every time I associate us us playing away from home I just think how shit we are so that that (laughs) surprised me when I checked a minute ago Um, Reading's always a a, a weird one I, I, I can like there was a part of me for a while where I just remember us losing quite a lot to Reading whenever we went there. But then goals we went going in that wasn't where... wasn't goals. Yeah, yeah we did exactly. that someone yeah. earlier mentioned uh, it. I don't know if you saw it. Um, don't whatever you do, don't mention the ghost goal. I think was a comment. Apologies, <laughs> apologies, apologies, apologies. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then we 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 had this this sort of run where we actually was doing well against Reading. When we're at home against Reading, we seem to be all right. But it's when we go to the Medeski, um, it, it, it worries me a little bit. Um, purely because of how things have going, how things are going recently, we need to win. If we want to make the playoffs, we need to win. We can't keep dropping points against teams in the lower half of the table. And that's no disrespect to Reading whatsoever. That's just we've done it too often this season. We've picked up two points against, uh, against Rotherham. We've dropped six points against Swansea. And, you know, that Millwall, I know Millwall are up there, but, you know, teams that you sort of would expect to be getting results against, we've failed to do that this season. Yet, on the other hand, we've beat Burnley, we've beat Sheffield United, we've beat Norwich, we've beat Luton who are up there. So, it's like crazy. So, we need to win. I'm going to go 2-1 to Watford. I'm going to say Arohu is going to score his first Watford goal. And Britta Sambalanga is going to come off the bench and score the winner for Watford. Ah, oh, what dreams are made of. Britt's coming back for his second debut to score the winner off the bench. Um, I wish I was as hopeful as you, Mike. Um, like you say, I don't know what Watford's going to turn up. I don't know whether it's going to be the Watford that's going to come up and actually put in a decent performance for 90 minutes or if it's going to be Watford that turns up and just... They're not interested, and we've seen that so many times this season, especially away from home, putting so many poor performances. 
I'll probably just go for a 1-1 draw, a school draw, um, and I'll go for a Keenan Davis goal. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be tough going to Reading. Home form for Reading speaks for itself. Very good at home. Um, I think they'll look to hit us on the counter as well. And that's what Watford tend to do as well. So I think they're going to um, cancel each other out a little bit at the weekend. But yeah, hopefully um, we can pick up more than a point, but I'll, I'll put one one down for this one um so yeah matt just before um we go um i've just mentioned that we've got a little game um we wanted to play with you so it, it's um players that have played for both clubs um i'm gonna ask you and mike to see how many you can name whoever can name the highest will go with that to see if you can hit that number if not the other person will have to try and name their number to win it um, so it, it's difficult. Um, I've, I've got a small list that I've, I've put together of probably the most recent players that have played for both sides. And then obviously if you put a, a player down, I'll Google it quickly to just see um, if I've missed it off my list. Um, so Mike, um, how many do you reckon you can name? Um, Scott Michael, who's watching. I've turned off the comments on both of yours as well. So I don't know if you've noticed, you can't actually see the comments now. So I've done that purposely because last time we've, we've done a game on here, Mike, do you remember Christmas special or something? There was people trying to help you out by putting down the answers. So I've turned <laughs> off the comments this time. Um, but Scott Michael says he reckons he can only name two. Uh, Mike, how many do you reckon you can name? Amateur. Um, <laughs> I reckon I reckon I can name... F- let's, go, let's go four. I, can, I think I can name four. Don't... Don't forget, sometimes on our Twitter, before a game, we've recently put out who's played for both. And it's me that puts that tweet out. So I like to oh, think this I've is sort unfair. of got a knack for remembering. <laughs> you set me up here, Ben. God. <laughs> I forgot you used to do that. <laughs> Don't worry. Mike's memories is a bit like a, a, a goldfish. Uh, I think you might be all right. Um I'm How many sure. could you maybe name five then, Matt? I can only think of two off the top of my head. Um, I'll probably be kicking myself when Mike probably rattles off a few few golden ones, but I I can only shall I shall I name the two that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, you yeah. You, you name the two that you, you, you think you can do, and then Mike, you do the four. The 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 obvious one was Adrian Adrian Mariapa. Um and Nathaniel Chalaber also played for you guys as well, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And I I can't think I for the life of me can't think of any others. And they're probably the two most obvious ones. Um yeah. Mike, blow me I'd away. Love, <laughs> I'd love to help you out, but we'll see what Mike says first. Mike, were those two in your four? Um yeah, so um I've got Chalaba and Mariapa. Mariapa's the one I actually don't actually physically remember him playing for them. Um, like I, I, I can't picture him in a Reading shirt. Um, I, I thought of another one as well. So Darius Henderson, I'm pretty sure he played for Reading. Um, so we've got Chalaba, Henderson, Mariapa, uh, Matty Vidra. He had a spell at oh, Reading. Vidra, he was shy of at Reading. So that's oh, probably that's, why you yeah. don't remember him. That that is exactly why I don't remember because I remember being so excited when we signed him, <laughs> and then the season that followed. Yeah. I mean, he couldn't hit a barn door. Like it was, yeah, yeah. I think every Reading fan's blood pressure went up by tenfold watching Vidra that season. Uh, and then another one. If this game was on TV, he would one hundred percent be in the Sky Studio. Joby Mackinaw. Joby Mackinaw, of course. Yes, we got him from you. Didn't we? I think from memory, he was at you before us. Oh, yeah. how could I forget Joby? Oh dear, that's. <laughs> he was playing in that game when the ghost goal was the ghost scored. Goal. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you say in that situation? One more, <laughs> that... <laughs> one more that I remembered. Um, bit of a rogue one is Gregor Raziak. He uh, he only played for us for a couple of seasons maybe or one season uh, and I'm pretty sure he was at Reading as well 
Yeah, um, going back to Darius Henderson, he actually started his career at Reading. Um, he, he came through the ranks there. He played, had his first start against Wickham Wanderers, eventually becoming a regular in 2002, scoring seven times for Reading um, when they was promoted to the second tier. Um, and then Watford signed him where just a bit later on, wasn't it, Mike? Um, he scored the big goal at the playoff final against Leeds and Watford got promoted at the Millennium Stadium in our 3-0 victory over Leeds. He's uh, a bit of a, a, a cult hero, um, Darius Henderson. Um, but the other players I've got written down as well, I, I, I thought this one might have been the most obvious for both of you, actually. Tom Deli bestru Oh, my God, yes. Oh, shit. Of course, on loan. <laughs> oh, my word, yeah. yeah. And that, that's the most recent. Yeah. Um, and then wow. the last one I've got written down, he's came through the Reading Academy and played for Watford, Uchi Ekpizu. Ekpizu. Oh, yeah. 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 God, yeah. But yeah, yeah. That, that's what I have written down. Get these yeah, two bombers off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to throw you under the bus like that, um, Matt, but I, I enjoyed that. I, I, I'm, I'm, I just can't believe I forgot JB Mack enough. Of all the ones that I could have forgotten, I mean, Bel- Delhi Bashiro, I can take. R- Raziak was a blast from the past. After I completely feel like when, when you said that name, I was like, oh my god, yes, I remember it's oh nine oh ten, I think it was. Um, but yeah, Matei Vidra, the less that, that that's brought back some mem- that not memories, nightmares. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I bet, it was fun. I bet that- I bet you sleep well tonight knowing about uh, Matty Vidra and his um, his lone stint at Reading. Um, but yeah, Matt, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it and we'd love to get you back on next season um, in the Championship because um, I, I don't think what will get promoted this season. Um, I think Mike's more hopeful than me, but uh, I think we'll be playing you guys again next season. So yeah, best of luck for the rest of the season, Matt. And yeah, thank you very much for joining us. Not a problem. Thank you, guys. No worries. And yeah, thank you everyone for watching tonight. Don't forget to hit that like button. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And then I will be back Sunday um, to do a review of a Reading game. Mike won't be watching the game Saturday, so he'll be unavailable this weekend. Um, But I'll be back and I'll try and uh, get someone involved as well to come on with me. Uh, So stay safe, everyone, and come on, you ones. Sports Social Podcast Network.